0: Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. A lot of it is a slight tweak in your lifestyle, your diet, your personal life, could be sleep, could be your relationships, can make a big change in your wellness. And she's somebody that definitely recognizes that. She works with people all the time, especially women, especially women connected with the military with uh, different reboot programs and transformational programs. We're going to talk with her today, Lorraine Cuff. Coach Lorraine joins us. Welcome back. How are you?
1: Hello, Steve. Doing great. And yourself?
0: Fantastic. And I want to share with everybody, today or this week marks a very important week in your life with your role in the military at this particular stage. 30 years we're marking this week. is. Do I have that right?
1: You have that
0: correct, Steve. So not on the, the dots, but thirty years and a few months. Wow, <laughs> that's just incredible! Uh, congratulations and thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart and everybody else for that. You're most welcome. And you are somebody that you're unique in that you you specialize with women connected to the military. And today we're going to look at top metabolic conditions of military women, and that could be active, that could be uh, retired from the military. I'm intrigued how that varies from women who not are not in the service. Uh, what What is the difference? Why don't we start there? Right,
1: because so that is a good place to start. So, you know what, I've always thought to myself when we joined the military that we, we have to join the military. We have to be at our healthier. So you would think, retiring or um, separating from the military, that our health would be relatively better than the general population. But it turns out that up to 40% of veteran women and men experience some form of metabolic syndrome in comparison to only 32% of the general population. So why are our numbers so high? No. Hmm.
0: Uh. Why? (laughs) I'm intrigued. (laughs) I am intrigued.
1: So, I mean, something to consider. Metabolic syndrome, what what are those conditions? uh, That pretty much simple lifestyle changes could either reverse or um, minimize. So, obesity or overweight, insulin resistance or hyperinsulinemia, high blood pressure and hypertension, high blood sugar and hyperglycemia and also um, our cholesterol, triglycerides, and low HDL. So those are the things that are markers of metabolic syndrome and the conditions that um, a number, a great number of our warriors, retired warriors, are battling after retirement.
0: So does life radically change after retirement from the military in terms of the uh, health Situation uh, and is it similar to the, the rest? You know, some some people retire and just kind of take it easy, uh, maybe eat a little bit more, not as conscious, and things change uh, within their bodies. So
1: you've kind of hit it right on the, um, the head there, Steve. Life does change for, drastically for many of us in the term, in the sense that when we're in the military, we are continually conditioning ourselves to be a peak performer, and with veterans, so regardless of what we our diets are, because we're very active and not um, and not being laid back, our metabolism is pretty high. Things don't impact us or don't present itself in in the way it could as it would otherwise. So now we're laid back. We've become more sedentary than we were before, and of course, depending on the job that you had in the military, because the job that you you progressed through the military starting with uh, you may have been on the flight line, be a driver, you're being very active. And as, as you uh, progress through the rank, your position is generally a more sedentary position. So it builds on itself. And we're pretty much doing the same things that we were doing before. Basically, eating a lot of highly processed foods that's not good for us. Mm. So the continued consumption of highly processed foods and the more sedentary life.
0: We've talked about that before. Coach Lorraine, about the process, the highly processed foods. I want to go back to that. You're bringing it up now. Is it that so detrimental to our health?
1: Yes, it is. So, highly processed foods, our body does not, at most time, does not know what to, how to process those foods. And what uh, impacts us more is the quantities of those foods that we consume. Anything that we put into our bodies can be toxic at some point if you eat too much. Because um, even when it comes to the, the E. coli, for example, there may be little bacteria in our body that are actually um, E. coli in our colon. But if we were to consume it, and basically the numbers um, climb in our bodies, that's when things go uh, awry. And it's the same thing with toxic food or highly processed foods. Your body knows how to get rid of or process it out of the system in small quantities, but if you're continually eating a lot of sugar, a lot of um, refined flour, and things of those nature, um, potato chips, seed oils, that continuous bombardment in your body, we eventually, our bodies, say, listen, I can't deal with this anymore. This is just too much. And your body decides to um, react in a certain way whether it be fatigue, headaches, increased thirst, frequent urination, blurred vision, erectile dysfunction, um, irregular menstrual cycles, digestive problems, sleep disorders, skin problems, and depression. These are the things now will start presenting itself and different for everyone that most likely is a result of some metabolic condition that hasn't been addressed.
0: When we say metabolic condition... What? Uh, what? How do you define that? What is a metabolic condition?
1: A metabolic condition is has to do with how your um, body meta- metabolizes things. It mm-hmm. has to do with your energy, um, th- th- how your energy is sourced in your body, uh, and it, how your system functions on a regular on a regular basis. Your metabolism um, is dependent on what you eat, the source of your food, fuels, and the nutrition that you put in your body. Without a uh, fine-tuned metabolic system, things could go sideways.
0: Wow. Uh, I'm afraid to eat my next meal. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, thinking about what, uh, what I'm consuming. And sometimes it's challenging. Like, for example, I go to a, a place that prepares meals and uh, it's reasonably priced. You can get them, you can buy them online. Uh, this place is local. I've actually been to one of their locations, and uh, I can just peer in, see them cooking in the back, but, and and yeah, it's cleaner ingredients. It's 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 better than, you know, other stuff we may consume. However, I don't know exactly what's going in there. I think I'm, you know, a couple of steps in the right direction, but I'm thinking unless you prepare it yourself, handpick every ingredient, you're never going to be exactly where you need to be or where you should be.
1: And That's true, Steve. But the thing that we should focus on is controlling what we can control. Sure. We can't control everything in our life, but focus on the things that you can control. Um, If you know that a particular restaurant does a lot of, like fast food, you know that going to fast food is not the best option. Now, if you go to fast food once in a while, okay, maybe your body can actually handle that, and it's not an issue. But for folks, for one reason or the other, every stop, food stop they make is a fast food restaurant. That can really go against you. So the focus should be controlling what you can control.
0: Gotcha. Um, I always ask you this, and I find it intriguing coming from a um, somebody who's definitely plugged into their nutrition and, and practices it. Um, what are you eating today, or planning to? What was breakfast? What will be on tap for lunch? Uh, what, what are we looking at?
1: So today's going to actually be one of my spoiled days because of the celebration that they're having for me. So I'm not you're, sure. You're what, allowed.
0: What, you're allowed. What's, what's on what's, the menu? I'm cutting. I'm but, cutting you slack. <laughs> <laughs> Thank after, you, after 30 years, pig out, pork out, freak out. It's all good.
1: <laughs> so the, this morning, I actually decided because I knew this was coming up, I decided to fast this morning. So I've only had my cup of coffee, black coffee. And, um, okay. Stop, stop, stop right, there. Oh, okay. stop right
0: there. Uh, black coffee, caffeine or decaf? Caffeine,
1: caffeine.
0: Okay. Hmm. All right. Just kind of curious. I'm a, I'm a decaf person. I, I, I don't drink coffee to wake up. I just drink it for, cause I get like, I get super jacked up and sometimes shaky and just, uh-huh. uh, it just doesn't work for me. I just, I drink it for the flavor and more of a, it's more of a treat. Um, yeah. And, and, Black, I noticed that you said that. So I'm, I'm the same way. Maybe a splash of 2% milk, maybe, to cool it off, actually. Um, but not, didn't mean to, I just wanted to get, to, I, I was curious. Okay, so please continue?
1: Right, so caffeine, and I thought about having a couple um, rations of bacon, but I'm not hungry. So I said, I'm, I'm going to kind of ride that wave. But um, I probably would have had, if I did go to the store, I probably had a, some egg bites. Which is a
0: protein. Love them. Um, I j- love them. Love them. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Uh, I don't eat eggs. I haven't yeah. eaten eggs, and I think it began. Uh, <laughs> everybody has something when it comes to food. When I was a kid, loved chocolate milkshakes, and my grandmother would say, ah, "Put an egg in there," and she would throw a raw egg in my chocolate milkshake, and oh. I think that turned me off from eggs. <laughs> but I, I recently after. I was eight then. Um uh, in the last year started eating egg sandwiches and then graduated to an um uh, an egg bite and loved them to the point where I now make them at home and sometimes with my daughter. Basically it's just it's an egg in a in a muffin tin, a little tiny one. Um right. and you add, you know, you can add peppers, you can add uh, some cheese. Sometimes you get really uh, funky with the cheese, Gruyere mm-hmm. cheese or uh, broccoli and things like that. Um, would you say those are super healthy?
1: Those are super healthy. I even do a, a frittata, which is good. Are you familiar with a frittata?
0: Similar to an egg bite. Right,
1: but it's big. It's like a pie dish. So it's a similar, similar thing. Yep,
0: yep. yep. Hmm. You, know what's, you know what's interesting? You know, stuff that's out there, uh, Lorraine, many times, like for example... I didn't eat eggs. And then years back, there were like marketing messages. Oh, they're bad for you. They have cholesterol. Stay away from eggs. I don't know who created that. Uh, but then that just put that mark in my mind that mm, eggs are maybe not a good idea. So yeah, protein, and the same thing with beef that came up too. Where right. uh, don't eat, it's bad for you. Um, so you never know what to believe and where these marketing messages are coming from and and what the what the goals are. But yeah, uh, eggs loaded with protein and and not, we don't have to worry about all the other garbage that could be going in you know, into our food when you eat them.
1: Yeah, there is and there is some. Um there's good and bad in in eggs also. I just was sharing with my son a video about the egg in terms of the egg yolk, the egg white, and which one has more nutrients versus the other. Because of course, with this low fat phase um, phase, people were always were um, going towards having egg whites. But egg whites is only is ninety percent water. So what are you actually eating? All the nutrient is in the yolk. Mm. So when folks just do the egg white, you're not really getting the full benefit of the egg. If you have the egg, and the, the fat source in an egg is actually a good source of um, fat for the body. So the whole egg, if you are an egg eater, if you eat animal foods, you should consume the entire egg and not just the egg yolk. And for those folks who are uh, vegan, vegetarian, vegetarian, of course, now you have to look at your other protein-rich sources like beans or um, leafy greens and do more of that so that things are equal in this nutrient, um, nutrient source.
0: Gotcha. Personally, egg whites look just slimy. So uh, <laughs> not appealing to me, but uh so, yeah, all right. So um Interesting. I'm, I'm glad we did that to learn a little bit more. You know what's on your radar when it you know comes to eating beef. You're you're not big on that. I'm trying to remember.
1: I'm am I'm a big beef eater. I've, okay. I've, Meats, yeah. Oh. I've um, there are, there's times because even there are times when even for the carnivore diet for example mm-hmm. for all people who do an animal based diet I think there's a time and place for everything. Um, carnivore for me can be it's the ultimate detox or ultimate um, elimination diet of course that won't work for someone who's vegan but for those people who do consume it, you you can do things in in one or two ways you can do a strict carnivore diet and then slowly reintroduce other foods to identify what allergies or what um, what your body doesn't tolerate essentially or when they do a low fod a fodmap diet well when in that case what they do they eliminate certain foods and then they test um, see how this works for you. And to me, that takes too long. I like to get back to eating my regular food as soon as I can. So doing the carnivore diet first and then just start reintroducing foods as you go, it, to me, it works a whole lot better. And it actually helps to heal the body to, um, to do strict carnivore mm. for a while.
0: It, what I will say uh, on my side, and especially if we're talking to people like you is I'm just more aware of what I eat when it comes to meat. Like for example, if I had something meat beef, we'll call it beef, beef related on a Wednesday, I'll I'll try not to have a steak on, on a Thursday. You know, I'll just it'll it'll be on my radar or definitely not, you know, more than two days in a row. Give it a few days where, you know, back in the day, I didn't even think about it. I wasn't mindful of it. You know, I just eat whatever, you know, I'm out, whatever comes up, I'm gonna eat. Um, so I, I you know, from what I hear we should cut back on the amount of beef that we eat, but it's not, not not a bad thing for you.
1: No, not at all. I mean, and that's a healthy way to address your eating habits. It all depends on what your entire plate looks like for the entire week. Um, red meat is a good source. It's highly it's dense nutrients in red meat. And if you're only eating um, red meat once a week, then you have to make sure that you um, color your plate with a rainbow throughout the week. They said for in, within a given week, you should have 35 different um, vegetables. Or at least, and basically, that's a source of, as far as colors, uh, that uh, indicates your nutrients uh, density, where you're getting your foods from, because different colors represent different um, enzymes and nutrients that our bodies need. So you try to create that balance. You have your red meat, you might have a little pork, because there are things in pork that um, you can't get in mm. red meat, but you may be able to source those things from elsewhere. Fish, we all know about our um, fatty acids in fish. Sure. Um, it's always good to have fish. If you don't, then you have to maybe look at some kind of supplement to yep. balance it out. And like anything else, it's, if there's something that you're not eating, look at what the nutrient that you're missing from not eating that stuff, and look for uh, an appropriate supplement that can help balance you out.
0: Gotcha. And I'm, I take fish oil uh, okay. every, every day because I'm not a big seafood eater, and I feel that you would have to eat a decent amount of seafood to, to get the, the benefits of, of fish oil. I'll, I'll say this, and, and curious about your thoughts on it, when it comes to fish oil, I've always understood for years that if you're going to do it, go for premium quality when you just walk into any pharmacy and just grab, you know, whatever brand off the shelf, you're not getting as pure as you can. And uh, you may pay a little bit more for the, for the uh, good stuff. Like I'm not endorsing, but Nordic naturals is the one I've been on for, for years. Uh, and heard, and I both. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what are your thoughts? Tell me, I'm, I'm curious.
1: I think it's Nordic is a, is a good product and, and you're, you're correct in saying that you have to look at the ingredients. What, what's, what are, they, what are they sourcing these supplements from? Is it you want to avoid the synthetics, for example? The, the synthetics are not going to be as bioavailable in your bodies as you would from a natural source. So that's one to be uh, to give some thought to it. And recently, um, like I take electrolytes on a regular basis in my in my water, and I was looking at magnesium content. And magnesium is good, like especially for people who suffer from migraines and things of that nature, um, muscle cramps, and even um, Uh, going to the bathroom, essentially. Magnesium is a good thing to um, add to your diet. But then I discovered, because I was reading the the label and the product that I bought, the magnesium source is magnesium oxide. And then I read an article where you have magnesium oxide, magnesium glycinate, and magnesium citrate. And magnesium oxide, majority of that passes through the body. Your body doesn't absorb it anyway. So that might be good for... Going to the bathroom, but for the, what your body can actually use, the glycinate and the um, citrate is more bioavailable to your body. So you really have to, well, you should. And it's not that as an individual that you have to know these things. Try to ensure that the people around you, your medical professionals, and um, if you have a dietitian, if you're working with a health coach, that they're basically helping you to provide you the information to. Get what you need
0: for optimal health. Hmm, you're like a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, um, and it's funny. I bought magnesium about four months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, better stuff, you know, not, you know, better, better quality stuff. And then I heard about you could have stomach issues and uh, bathroom issues, if you will. And I'm going to tell you, I was, almost, I was afraid to even dive into it. I, so I, I haven't even opened the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need to research that more, but thank you for your, your input on that. Um, I, w- would you take magnesium supplements?
1: Yes, I, I, I do take it, just like I said, as an electrolyte to kind of help complement. Um, I don't. I'm not a. I am not do eat vegetables, mm-hmm. but I'm not a big vegetable eater. So as a result, I look to incorporate um, certain additional supplements in my diet, in particular since I do I practice a low carb diet. Um, Low-carb, if you're a low-carb or no-carb person, you have to um, increase the amount of electrolytes, potassium, sodium, um, potassium, sodium, magnesium, and sometimes calcium in your diet because carbs hold onto salts and water in your body. When you reduce the amount of um, carbohydrates, and quite often when people reduce their carbohydrates for uh, weight loss, for example, mm-hmm. the first thing to go is water in the body. And with the water goes the electrolytes. So if you don't reincorporate it into your diet, then you could end up with muscle cramps and headaches and things of that nature. So mm-hmm. you got to look at your diet and balance things out.
0: Interesting. Uh, didn't know that, and I'm very careful when it comes to cutting back on carbs. I, I try to when I can. I think it's important, but... I've radically cut back to, you know, maybe I don't even know the number, of, you know, 5 carbs a day, whatever. Um and I found myself getting a well, slight headache and just uh not feeling as as good as usual and uh, I'm thinking that maybe that would I would overcome that in time. Um you know, final thoughts here on low carb diets. Uh what what's the best approach? Gradually. Okay.
1: Do do it gradually. Um Everything is dependent on what's your your goal. If weight loss is your goal, um, if you're just trying to eat better, and your starting point. Some people, because they've neglected their health for a period of time, things are going to impact them a lot different than someone who's um, already healthy and just trying to take a, a good path. But whatever you do, you need to do it gradually and get the support of the right professionals in your life to kind of take you through that, through that um,
0: journey. Love it. Uh, you're the person to, to accompany that journey. You've been doing it for literally decades, and today marks that your 30th in the service. Um, I appreciate all the information. If somebody wants to connect with you, Coach Lorraine, what's the best way to do that?
1: The best way is to reach me um, through my website, lorrainecuff.com. I also have a YouTube channel, and I'm on Instagram, Coach Lorraine.
0: Gotcha. And I'm, I'm going to say, give her give her a little bit of space. She'll be celebrating, and rightfully so, in the next day or so. <laughs> Thank you very much, Steve, for that. <laughs> Always great having you on. Really appreciate it. And uh, again, congratulations. I, I'm I honestly and truly so happy for you. That is like, it's just amazing. Um, and and you're so plugged into it and so passionate about what you do. And I uh, appreciate you being here.
1: Thank you again. I'm service never ends for me, because that's where I'm continuing my service for health for
0: my veteran women it's in your DNA alright we'll talk soon okay alright take care we'll be right back (music) broadcasting from the business capital of the world this is the podcast business news network
2: when it comes to making plans you are the best what about those round trips that you plan in advance which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back Or those meetings with friends for which you make a group chat three months before so that nobody or anything is missing. Or your daughter's first birthday party. You planned it with such dedication that instead of the first, it felt like our kinses. The same way you plan each detail for those moments. Start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts prepare an emergency kit, and make a family communications plan. Protecting your family is the best plan you can make. Get started at ready.gov plan.
0: Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.